Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Monday, May 15th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great listening over there. Definitely worth your while to get over there and find something to listen to. I want to continue to point you at the final link in our show notes. It is for the Vail Valley Baptist Church Gives and Go campaign. Uh, we are striving to rapidly pay off our mortgage so that we can establish a Christian classic, classic education-based school to provide a trustworthy alternative here in our community. Uh, so go ahead and click on the link. It'll provide you a much more thorough description of what we're trying to do than I just did. And then we would ask three things of you. We'd ask you to pray for us. We'd ask you to prayerfully consider giving to us. And we would ask you to pass the link along. Okay, well, I got to apologize uh, right up front. Um, we had kind of a rough weekend, not, not a terrible one, but kind of a rough weekend. Um, and so yesterday... In the last evening when I would normally have recorded this episode, um, I was functioning on two and a half hours of sleep. Um, and I had all my notes ready, but I just, I, folks, I'm sorry. I just could not pull it together to record. And I don't really have the time to do the full episode this morning. So we're going to do just a scripture episode like we do on the weekends. And we will pick up our Bible study tomorrow tomorrow evening, Tuesday evening, God willing. Um, but what we will do, we're still going to do five straight days of Bible study. So Saturday this week will not be a regular, just scripture reading. It will have the fifth message covering this section, this section, God willing, we're going to cover in five sections as well. Um, which is, uh, John eight verses 31 through 36. We'll cover it in five messages. Um, God, like I said, God willing, um, but we will pick that up Tuesday and run through Saturday instead of Monday through Friday. And so I'm really, really sorry that I don't have a Bible study ready for you um, this today, this morning. Actually, I do, but I, I don't have the time to sit and do all that recording. So we're going to do it. I'll record it this evening for tomorrow. Um, and like I said, we'll pick up then. But again, I'm sorry. It's just two and a half hours sleep. I was not. <laughs> you you really didn't want me trying to record then because uh, it would have been awful awful not that it's great anyways not trying to say that but it would have just been atrocious so anyways thank you for your understanding thank you for being here with me this morning and let's go ahead and open up with our second day morning prayer it's called god overall let's pray oh god all sufficient thou hast made and upholdest all things by the word of thy power darkness is thy pavilion Thou walkest on the wings of the wind. All nations are nothing before thee. One generation succeeds another, and we hasten back to the dust. The heavens we behold will vanish away like the clouds that cover them. The earth we tread on will dissolve as a morning dream. But thou, unchangeable and incorruptible, art forever and ever. Excuse me. Art forever and ever. God over all, blessed eternally, infinitely great and glorious art thou. We are thy offspring and thy care. Thy hands have made and fashioned us. Thou hast watched over us with more than parental love, more than maternal tenderness. 
Thou hast holden our soul in life, and not suffered our feet to be moved. Thy divine power has given us all things necessary for life and godliness. Let us bless thee at all times, and forget not how thou hast forgiven our iniquities, healed our diseases, redeemed our lives from destruction, crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfied our mouths with good things, renewed our youth like the eagles. May thy holy scriptures govern every part of our lives, and regulate the discharge of all our duties, so that we may adorn thy doctrine in all things. Amen. All right, and our morning devotion this morning for May 15th, uh, from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, the text is from Acts 13.39, All that believe are justified. The believer in Christ receives a present justification. Faith does not produce this fruit by and by, but now. So far as justification is the result of faith, it is given to the soul in the moment when it closes with Christ and accepts him as its all in all. Are they who stand before the throne of God justified now? So are we, as truly and as clearly justified as they who walk in white and sing melodious praises to celestial harps. The thief upon the cross was justified the moment that he turned the eye of faith to Jesus. And Paul, the aged, after years of service, was not more justified than was the thief with no service at all. We are today accepted in the Beloved, today absolved from sin, today acquitted at the bar of God. Oh, soul-transporting thought! There are some clusters of Eshkel's vine which we shall not be able to gather till we enter the heaven, till we enter heaven, excuse me. But this is a bough which runneth over the wall. This is not as the corn of the land, which we can never eat till we cross the Jordan. But this is part of the manna in the wilderness, a portion of our daily nutriment with which God supplies us in our journeying to and fro. We are now, even now, pardoned. Even now are our sins put away. Even now we stand in the sight of God, accepted as though we had never been guilty. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. There is not a sin in the book of God, even now, against one of his people, who dareth to lay anything to their charge. There is neither speck, nor spot, nor wrinkle, nor any such thing remaining upon any one. I'm sorry, upon any one believer in the matter of justification in the sight of the judge of all the earth. Let present privilege awaken us to present duty. And now, while life lasts, let us spend and be spent for our sweet Lord Jesus. All right, we're going to do our reading. We're going to be reading 1 Samuel 17 and into 1 Samuel 18. Uh, we'll be reading John 8. I believe it's verse 21 through 30. We'll be reading um, Psalm 111, I believe. Yes, yeah, Psalm 111. And then Proverbs 15, verse 11. I believe that's correct. Yeah. All right, so 1 Samuel 17. Hear the word of the Lord. Now the Philistines gathered their camps for battle. And they were gathered at so Soko, which belongs to Judah, and they camped between Soko and Azekah in Ephes Damim. But Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and camped in the valley of Elah, and arranged themselves for battle to meet the Philistines. Now the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, while Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with the valley between them. Then a champion came out from the camps of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was clothed with scale armor, and the weight of that scale armor was five thousand shekels of bronze. He also had bronze greaves on his legs, and a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. And the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed six hundred shekels of iron. His shield-carrier also walked before him. 
And he stood and called out to the battle lines of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to arrange yourself for battle? Am I not the Philistine and you slaves of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and strike me down, then we will become your slaves. But if I prevail against him and strike him down, then you shall become our slaves and serve us. Again the Philistines said, I openly reproach the battle lines of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah, in Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And Jesse was old in the days of Saul, advanced in years among men. And the three older sons of Jesse had gone. They had gone after Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, and the second to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. Hang on a second, I need some coffee. But David was the youngest. Now the three oldest had gone after Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to shepherd his father's flock at Bethlehem. Then the Philistine approached morning and evening for forty days and took his stand. Then Jesse said to David his son, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these ten loaves and run to the camp to your brothers. You shall also bring these ten cuts of cheese to the commander of their thousand, and look into the welfare of your brothers, and bring back a token from them. And Saul and they and all the men of Israel are in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. <clears throat> so David arose early in the morning, and left the flock with the keeper, and carried the supplies, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the circle of the camp, while the military force was going out in battle lines, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines arranged themselves in battle lines, battle line against battle line. Then David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the battle line and entered in order to greet his brothers. As he was speaking with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine from Gath named Goliath, was coming up from the battle lines of the Philistines. And he spoke these same words, and David heard them. Now all the men of Israel saw the man, and they fled from him and were greatly afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who is coming up? Surely he is coming up to reproach Israel. And it will, it will be that the king will enrich the man who strikes him down with great riches, and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him, saying, What will be done for the man who strikes down this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should reproach the battle lines of the living God? And the people spoke to him in accord with this word, saying, Thus it will be done for the man who strikes him down. Then Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger burned against David, and he said, Why have you come down, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I myself know your arrogance and the wickedness of your heart, for you have come down in order to see the battle. But David said, What have I done now? Was it not just a word? Then he turned away from him to another and said the same word, and the people responded to him with the same word as before. Then the words which David spoke were heard, and they told them to Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth 
while he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant was shepherding his father's sheep, and a lion and a bear would come and take a lamb from the flock, and I would go out after it and strike it and rescue the lamb from its mouth. Then it rose up against me, and I would seize it by its beard and strike it down and put it to death. Your servant has struck down both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has reproached the battle lines of the living God. And Yahweh and David said, Yahweh, who delivered me from the hand of the lion and from the hand of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may Yahweh be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his robes and put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with armor. And David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. Then he took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag which he had, even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Then the Philistine came on and drew near to David with the shield-bearer in front of him. And the Philistine looked and saw David, and he despised him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of Yahweh of hosts, the God of the battle lines of Israel, whom you have reproached. This day Yahweh will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you, and I will give the dead bodies of the camp of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that Yahweh does not save by sword or by spear, for the battle is Yahweh's, and he will give you into our hands. Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David sent his hand down into his bag and took from it a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and put him to death. But there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine, and took his sword, and drew it out of its sheath, and put him to death, and cut off his head with it. Then the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, so they fled. But the men of Israel and Judah arose, and shouted, and pursued the Philistines as far as the valley, and to the gates of Ekron. And the slain Philistines lay fallen along the way to Sha'arim, Sha'arim, even to Gath and Ekron. Then the sons of Israel returned from hotly pursuing the Philistines and plundered their camps. And David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his weapons in his tent. Now when Saul saw David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner the commander of the army, army Abner, whose son is this young man? And Abner said, By your life, O king, I do not know. And the king said, You inquire whose son the youth is. So when David returned from striking down the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the Philistine's head in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, Jesse the Bethlehemite. All right, and 1 Samuel 18, the first four verses. 
Now it happened when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan cut a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even his sword and his bow and his belt. All right, John 8, verse 21 through 30. Then he said again to them, I am going away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, Surely he will not kill himself, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they were saying to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, What have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I am saying to the world. They did not know that he was speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing from myself, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was speaking these things, many believed in him. Well, that was our verses from the past week's Bible study. Um, all right, Psalm 111. Okay, here we go. Praise Yah, I will give thanks to Yahweh with all my heart, in the counsel of the upright and in the congregation. Great are the works of Yahweh. They are sought by all who delight in them. Splendid and majestic is his work, and his righteousness stands forever. He has made his wondrous deeds to be remembered. Yahweh is gracious and compassionate. He has given food to those who fear him. He will remember his covenant forever. He has declared to his people the power of his works, in giving them an inheritance of the nations. The work of his hands are truth and justice. All his precepts are faithful. They are upheld forever and ever. They are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and fearsome is his name. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. Good insight belongs to all those who do his commandments. His praise stands forever. In Proverbs 15, verse 11, Sheol and Abaddon lie open before Yahweh. How much more the hearts of the sons of men. All right, well, that is our reading for the day. Uh, let's do our evening devotion uh, for May 15th. Uh, the text is from Hebrews 12, 23, made perfect. Recollect that there are two kinds of perfection which the Christian needs, the perfection of justification in the person of Jesus and the perfection of sanctification wrought in him by the Holy Spirit. At present, corruption yet remains even in the breasts of the regenerate. Experience soon teaches us this. I'm sorry, experience soon teaches us this. Within us are still lusts and evil imaginations. But I rejoice to know that the day is coming when God shall finish the work which he has begun, begun, and he shall present my soul not only perfect in Christ, but perfect through the Spirit, without spot or blemish, or any such thing. Can it be true that this poor sinful heart of mine is to become holy even as God is holy? Can it be that this Spirit which often cries, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this sin and death, 
shall get rid of sin and death, that I shall have no evil things to vex my ears, and no unholy thoughts to disturb my peace. O happy hour, may it be hastened. When I cross the Jordan, the work of sanctification will be finished, but not till that moment shall I even claim perfection in myself. Then my spirit shall have its last baptism in the Holy Spirit's fire. Methinks I long to die to receive that last and final purification which shall usher me into heaven. Not an angel more pure than I shall be, for I shall be able to say in a double sense, I am clean. Through Jesus' blood and through the Spirit's work, oh, how should we extol the power of the Holy Ghost in thus making us fit to stand before our Father in heaven? Yet let not the hope of perfection hereafter make us content with imperfection now. If it does this, our hope cannot be genuine, for a good hope is a purifying thing even now. The work of grace must be abiding in us now, or it cannot be perfected then. Let us pray to be filled with the Spirit, that we may bring forth increasingly the fruits of righteousness. All right. Well, that is our show for the day. Thank you so much for spending the time with me. Um, I, I'm sorry again about the Bible study, not just not being at a point to be able to record it last night or this morning. But again, like I said, God willing, we will start it, uh, pick it up on Tuesday, and we'll still do five days this week of Bible study to cover this next section we're going to deal with. Um, but, but again, I'm sorry about that. I hope you have a wonderful day. I will continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God. And I hope to see you for, see you tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close out with the second day evening prayer called bounty. Let's pray. Thou great and only potentate, thou hast made summer and winter day and night. Each of these revolutions serves our welfare and is full of thy care and kindness. Thy bounty is seen in the relations that train us the laws that defend us, the homes that shelter us, the food that builds us, the raiment that comforts us, the continuance of our health, members, senses, understanding, memory, affection, will. But as stars fade before the rising sun, thou hast eclipsed all these benefits in the wisdom and grace that purposed redemption by Jesus thy Son. Blessed be thy mercy that laid help on one that is mighty and willing, one that is able to save to the uttermost. Make us deeply sensible of our need of his saving grace, of the blood that cleanses, of the rest he has promised, and impute to us that righteousness which justifies the guilty, gives them a title to eternal life and possession of the Spirit. May we love the freeness of salvation and joy in its holiness. Give us faith to grasp thy promises that are our hope. Provide for every exigency and prevent every evil. Keep our hearts from straying after forbidden pleasures. May thy will bind all our wishes. Let us live out of the world as to its spirit, maxim, manners, but live in it as the sphere of our action and usefulness. May we be alive to every call of duty, accepting without question thy determination of our circumstances and our service. Amen. All right, again, hope you have a wonderful day, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Have a good one. God bless.